Hi, everybody. It's Elle here. And I just want to give a quick shout out to our partners and our supporters and the people that edit and put this show together over at Pretty Easy Podcasts. Now, we get a lot of compliments on how the show sounds and how it looks on YouTube, but that would not be without Pretty Easy Podcasts and the amazing team that they have. If you are looking to create your own podcast or maybe you have some ideas of some social media endeavors, Pretty Easy Podcasts has the technology, the equipment, and the skills to make your podcast sound great at your own disposal at your own time so record from home your office a park wherever they will help you out please give them a email at prettyeasypodcast.com once again that is prettyeasypodcast.com and thanks for listening Everybody who's listening to this podcast, you are listening to Queer Late Night. Once again, thank you so much for joining. Queer Late Night is a podcast where we give queer artists and queer people an opportunity and the allies an opportunity to come on to share their story, their insight, to, you know, spark positivity, encouragement, and, and you know, a little bit change even. I am so thankful to be here. I'm your host, Elmet Colors, uh, podcast host, producer, all that, all that type of shit. And I'm once again joined with my good, good Judy, my sister from another mister. I also definitely think that she is the thing that go bump in the night um, and probably shouldn't be trusted at a Marshalls. It's Mr. Ricky Roman. Bam, bam, bam. Do it. I like that better for me. Hi. <laughs> Hello. How you doing? Good evening. I'm well. Welcome, to, welcome back to work. It's, it's good to be here, baby. It's kind of like a, a ongoing thing for us. How was your day? Good. Very chill. It's cold. It is cold. It's cold. It's full-blown fall. And it's... Wear your bundles. Wear your um, layers. We're layering up. Yes. What, what, what kind of bundles? Oh, how many oh, inches? <laughs> how many inches are we talking? <laughs> At least 22. Uh, 22 inches, if, if possible. <laughs> and most importantly, <laughs> and most importantly, um, make sure that your fall fashion's on point. This is your one time because there's a that sweet True. spot where fall fashion, you can have some cute looks and Not then, you, and you know, you're not cold. And then it comes to the point where you have this, this sweater and there's a hoodie. Uh, the scarf and the it's too much and you lose a bunch of your shit it's it's fine i i you know fuck winner i um i have the pleasure tonight i i can't believe i sound like this but <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean do I seven episodes like, in i'm like fuck i sound really nasally do i sound like this for real we all hate how we sound on recording i feel like I, i've it, never met anyone that's like god i, I love the way i sound I, on microphone <laughs> i love it so much i have the pleasure of not only sharing the space with my best friend mr ricky roman i have the pleasure of sharing the space with a diamond and not in the rough this is expensive diamond one of those diamonds that you can't afford if you're listening to this you can't afford that diamond baby honestly honestly um a good old big heart definitely a nightlife enthusiast here in new york city you can see her at the queue and if she's not at the queue she's probably running some other bar into the ground i love her to death <laughs> madison black hi madison hi again hi this is bad i love to cut you off <laughs> he loves to cut me off it's just, just know that whenever time. you go to speed give him one second to find mm -hmm. the button and then press the button press the button and then Got just it. wait uh -huh. and how are you doing uh, baby i'm doing good i'm doing 
really good. You you know, we you, came off the post you know, post Halloween. Mm-hmm, we survived. Back, you know, we made it. Can <laughs> I ask here. you what you did on your Halloween time? I worked all weekend. Um, honestly, it was very busy. A lot going on. Um, yeah, it was really, really good. But did you go to the dance? Tell me about the dance party you went to. We're gonna get into that. The dance in parties a later. With okay. the dancer. Yeah, we're gonna get into that in a minute. But I, are you gonna do it on your own? Yeah. Here's here here it is. You gonna do it? The introduction. Yeah, I'm a, I'm preluding into it, girl. Okay, go ahead. You, why, go, go, go off. <laughs> go off, sis. I can't, I can't just you know I can't tease a little bit. Let yes. the tip a little bit. Bring the microphone a little closer to you, girl. You know I don't know how to do this shit. There just it is, it. right there. Uh, just scoot it. Just scoot it. You know, speaking of fall fashion, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. have well, we have someone here today who is not only a coworker but a great friend. She works in fashion by day. And bartends at night, okay? When I do, it's importance of introductions, baby. And she bartends at night. She is very sweet, supporting, understanding, and just a great energy to be around. I love getting to work with her, you know, and I love getting to see her outside of work. So, everyone, this is Christina. Hi. Hi, Thank you all for having me. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. How are you? Uh, Sometimes I get so stoned. If you look over at me and I'm just staring into the ground, I'm like concentrating as a producer. I'm (laughs) like, what should I say next? (laughs) And luckily tonight that Madison did the introduction, you don't have to listen to me stumble through my reading (laughs) of any bio. I get so hooked on phonics. It's not on phonics. It's not good. How are you doing? Good. I'm doing well. I guess I would just start off with thank you so much for coming to Queer Late Night and agreeing to do this show. It's always important that we invest in queer people of color. There I said it. <laughs> also, I believe you're our first ally on the show. That's Let's true? celebrate that. Yes. 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 I'm so excited. Thank it's you for having me. A pleasure. It's always a pleasure. How's everything going? How's your week been? My week's been good. We worked. Well, I worked. Um, I worked to one day of the weekend and that seemed like forever um i went out friday okay it was my first halloween of really investing in a costume and dressing up so I that was fun. you were with xavier yes yes i was with xavier and my other friend brad and we we dressed as like um alice in wonderland can we fun. see pictures i really yeah I i'll definitely love. pull it up okay um, quick wait how much did you invest how much money did you spend on this costume I want to say altogether about like two fifty. So oh, that that's bad. my God. That's an investment. Yeah. I get it though. It yeah. adds up it when was, you're when you're going in on those details. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a you had a you wore a corset? I did. Well, how, oh, oh I was sucked in and cinched, cinched in. It felt great. Yes, go on. But let's talk about what happened to the corset on Saturday. Okay, so I was wearing a corset on Saturday, <laughs> and at work, I at work. love me a good Amazon corset. Okay. Uh, but apparently, the Amazon corset didn't like me. Oh. I was in the middle bartending, and literally my zipper popped tit was out i mean granted i was at the queue so no one would have blinked an eye right. but uh, i'm next to madison i look over and she like helped me grab it in time insert I was your like, boob yeah insert boobs so <laughs> what do you do when a zipper of a corset oh pops? my god it's this beautiful thing called gorilla tape Amen. gorilla tape oh yes not to be confused with gorilla tape before that i sent so i was going into the bathroom and madison like i opened the door and she's like are you okay i'm like i need help so we were trying to zip it up. It wasn't staying on. Like we were trying to like finagle and do all these things. Was it too tight and then it just popped? Excuse me. It was perfectly <laughs> sized. That's not the what I had. Was that's cheap. not how, what I had meant to say. Hit, hit one of the buttons. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, there we go. Okay, fine, 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 fine. We're gonna move past that. I'm glad you're doing oh okay. God. Bring no. us to the banter, Madison. Please, please bring us to the banter. 
you know, speaking to piggyback on this Halloween, how was everyone's first post COVID Halloween? Like yeah. last, actually, no, this was your first so uh, Halloween as a sober person. Yes. Mm. How was that for you? Mm. Let's I, talk about you know that. what? I found myself feeling like I'm tired from my job, mm. and I, my Chris was in. Uh, well, Ricky Roman, what the fuck? Uh, he beep. was he bleep. He was in. Yeah, they were going. Where y'all? Y'all in Rhode Island? And yeah, you were working. <laughs> And I just didn't feel like it, people didn't invite me to. There was a, a party in New Jersey I saw at an amusement park, the Nickelodeon party. <sighs> and there was, of course, horse meat and this, that, and there. But I just felt like sitting and eating chocolate candy on the couch. So I Work. did that. Right. And then on Sunday, it was Halloween. So I went out to the Brita Filter and Jasmine Rice show. And I was stressed out before I had got dressed. I was like, well, what's my costume? People are going to be in costumes. So I grabbed the fucking afro wig picked it out threw on a black jacket and i was like i'm calling uh, what's it colin kaepernick there you go <laughs> did yes, i do it right you I'm, colin, I'm colin kaepernick everyone's like well why are you wearing a skirt <laughs> i was like well there was a the wardrobe was weird i'm the gay colin kaepernick okay yes. that's, that's what, what i you. that's what i want i'm you know i'm putting some queer in it also i just really really wanted to wear this corduroy skirt oh, i don't okay. have the pictures in it but y'all know y'all follow me on social media there will be a um a little picture of that so <laughs> this yeah. you know this was actually my first real halloween um as a new yorker because the last one it was <gasps> oh, during yes. it was True. during uh the pandemic and those of you that don't know i moved here in august of 2020 so halloween last year pandemic so stupid so boring this one was like i mean i worked all weekend granted yes but after my shift on saturday uh, a couple of my friends co-workers they uh, went to this uh, party Unter or Untif I don't know exactly mm-hmm. how to say it which I thought was in Brooklyn but when they sent me the address it was around the corner from the house and I was like oh I mean I gotta go to this so glad I did because I had the best time yes like, oh my god last year was it was weird because last year was the year of the house parties and I mm. normally love house parties I I was, you know, I did my military stint. My first was in San Diego. And that's when I really experienced what it's like to go to a kickback, is what we used to call it. <laughs> a kickback. Military people doing a kickback just sounds dangerous. But um, last year we did all the house parties and I, I dressed up as Cleopatra. It was a Kelly Rowland themed look. If anyone knows me, they know I love Kelly Rowland. And this year I was like, let me just kick back my ass in my own house. And that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how was Rhode Island? Rhode Island was a lot of fun. Where'd I was, uh, we went, we were in Providence. For those of you who aren't familiar with Providence, Rhode Island, it's a small city, but it's lit. It's, mm. it's very young. It's very creative. It's very queer. It is. And, um, RISD's there, right? Say, yeah, uh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. So there's, there, it's, it's a college town. There's yeah. a handful of colleges. I was at Club Ego. Shout out to them. They've always been very good to me and they put on a very, um, big, extravagant, and, uh, for what sticks out to me now is like safety in a party and i'm not even talking about uh covid safety i mean that's one thing but i want to see i want to see people patting down because ever since the uptick in you know mass shootings which is just it's not even a thing we blink our eyes at anymore i'm trying to not get shot or stabbed at this party you know what i'm saying especially after pulse like yeah so it was safe it was fun it was gay Rest in peace to people who've lost also, their lives Also, I was working at, on Sunday, actual Halloween, shout out to Soiree Nightclub in Waterbury, Connecticut for having me and Robin Fierce. 
Um, it's a straight club, but they're trying a new queer night. They're trying oh. to do it a maybe like last Sunday Come on, of every month. And they said that they had more heads through the door than they expected. So I was grateful that they were willing to try this and they were very respectful and willing to hear our points oh, good. and tips for like how we could make it better. Because yeah. they're like, we're not gay. We we're don't know what gay. we're doing. How do we make y'all come through the door okay. respectfully? First right. of all... I'm just kidding. I'm gonna, first of all, take the doors off the bathroom for me, bitch. <laughs> That's the first point. Um, put a DJ in the bathroom. Put a DJ. Oh my god! Like, <laughs> come, on, the Q. Q. Yeah. come on, Q. Yeah. Come on, Q. I love that house. I'm gonna okay. be asking them for money soon. You said you work somewhere. Where do you work? Okay. Well, you mean during the day? During the day. Okay, so I work at this company called Apollo Apparel. Oh um, fuck! I meant during the night. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, <laughs> no. I'm sorry. But I want to know about the fashion job. Okay. It's gonna be in segment okay. one. Okay. okay. <laughs> It's be, tell me about the queue. Okay. You like working there? Okay. I do, I do. So this is my first, you know, I'm really new to queer culture, I will say. Okay. I only, like a year ago was when I made my first gay best friend. Yeah. Wow. So, and let me let me pause you there. And now she's surrounded by okay. the community. Oh yeah, I know. Girl, a trial I think by I have fire. one straight friend. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, once we collect once we collect you, you're you're gone. You're gone. <laughs> you say goodbye to it's the straight world. It's not like Pokemon. God. <laughs> you're gone. No, you're gone. Your money's gone. Because we, we don't stop. We're like, you know, let's go do this. Let's go do that. You want to go shopping? Once you go queer, you're never in the clear. I know. You're it's never true. in the clear. And, and to elaborate, being queer also means like it's part of it being you can be straight and still be a queer Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that's the beauty of it. And that's yeah. the beauty of it. I would love to hear from Ricky Roman. Do you have some news for us? Oh, yeah. We got some news. So I was sifting through the queer news and, you know, it's usually not. Nothing that is. not that not that happy not that jubilant however i did um come across this article from oh my god i want to say oh i want to say it was them it was them. them magazine. it them was the magazine because they post it yes um the article is by one molly spray region all right and it's called a possible functional cure for hiv will soon begin human trials may i read a little bit of course you can okay the Food and Drug Administration gave approval to Excision Biotherapeutics to use an innovative HIV treatment in Phase 1 and 2 human trials, according to, press, to, according to a press release from the company. Excision Biotherapeutics specifically utilizes CRISPR gene editing technology mm. in its research against viruses. The Nobel Prize winning technology allows for the modification of human DNA and is considered revolutionary for its treatment of many diseases. Excision's HIV treatment, known as EBT-101, was developed in partnership with researchers at Temple University in Philadelphia and involves cutting out several pieces of the HIV genome, which the company believes will render it incapable of mutating inside the body. Oh, wow. So I like that it gave me that little breakdown about it because I'm like, that's amazing that yeah. you're doing this this is like a in the nutshell of how that yeah <laughs> that's what, what that science is and you know for those that don't know hiv we're way long past it being the death sentence that it was right yes. it's a very manageable disease now oh yeah you it's, know so this was the only next it's you know good. step it, right that feels right it's good in a way that also too with the cure we always say that with question marks because this has been an ongoing process right. with every every now and then there's oh a cure but this is the closest they've ever come but it also helps with um 
destigmatizing HIV Absolutely. and fighting against right. stigma, which is very important. I've been positive now for almost six years. I just went to my doctor and there's, besides there being this said cure before this, it was released last year, is now they're, they're past the human trials are actually administering, I think it's once a month shots for people right. who are living with HIV. Wow. Um, which is revolutionary Truly. in the way that it could really tear down some walls of stigma, internalized mm -hmm. stigma that mm -hmm. people who are living with HIV face, especially with taking a pill or however many, uh, whatever your regimen is, it can be a little bit difficult. So this, uh, you know, one, the the shot, the injectable, and then mm -hmm. also the cure, it's, it's moving in the right direction. Mm -hmm. We just now need people and artists and people that are, call themselves artists to use their platforms to mm -hmm. help, you know, socially normalize HIV is no different from cancer. Mm -hmm. Everything mm -hmm. of it's, it's makeup, but the way that it's viewed, it shouldn't be any different than cancer, or any mm -hmm. other like chronic disease. But especially with all the advances in science, right? Yeah, so, like, there's prep. There's pep. and you know to piggyback on that too. I remember when I started prep, my doctor was telling me that they're working on like a uh, not a vaccine, but like a, a quarterly sh injection that yeah. you take that's in place of taking an everyday pill for right, and right. You take it every three months or so, mm. but or maybe half a year. But yeah, it's going to be they're working on it now to where it's like a vac basically a vaccine. Perfection. I really like that. And that's I, the news. I, I, not the not the Pornhub, but bitch, <laughs> you were looking today, huh? That's great. He was ready Thank and you. eager to press that I sure one. I, I I appreciate it. This is gonna be a good podcast. The last time <laughs> there was a lot of long ones, honey. Um, well, I have uh, my fun. I like the fun part of the show, so I have queer questions, and this question has a little bit of a backstory. Uh, get ready for it. Okay. So, of course, I work in um, human health services. I a long day is a long day. Unfortunately, I have to report that I have gone back to smoking cigarettes. I'm going to go back to quitting. Baby, one don't, thing at a time. That's don't okay. Don't judge it's me. Okay. No, one's judging no one's judging you. Good. <laughs> but the listeners better not judge me either because I will come for it. No, just kidding. Um, so I went outside. I was smoking and this person came up to me. And in New York City, when any person comes <laughs> up to you, I'm not sure about you, Christina, but... I clench my butthole a little bit. Same. I and I'm a cigarette mean. smoker too, so I get you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, clap. Like, what okay. do you but, want? <laughs> um, but I was just trying to enjoy it because it's, I was having a cigarette in my last 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. You know how you try to fill the time with, mm -hmm. what can I do? Go have a cigarette. Mm -hmm. Person comes up to me and they ask me this really, I found profound question. So I'm going to ask everyone in the room, this is our quick question of the day. The quick question is, how do you make your home your home oh that's good okay. yes. i before you answer i stopped this person and they were a queer person and i was like that is a bomb ass question and i actually answered it but i'm gonna pass it to our guests tonight christina how do you make your home your home hmm that is a good question putting me on the spot I don't know. I think it'd be like whatever I find at the moment because I have like such like varying tastes. Probably candles. Like scent, uh, scent for me is a big one. A big one. Instead mm -hmm. of a home. Yeah. Okay. Um, is that kind of what you mean? Like yeah. No, it, yeah. it makes sense. There's a there's like I identify with like what's yeah like that to me always makes like smell always takes me back. Truly, it, strong, it brings me back into like memory. memory. It brings me back into like yeah. It, like nostalgia so it's a lot of that yeah. a lot of scent mm -hmm. okay i like that that's great that's a great question that's a great answer i'm gonna pass it to madison yes what makes you know it's funny that you asked me this question because i just recently got my home into like the way i wanted it right. in the shape christina actually just saw it mm -hmm. for the first and she saw it before 
when there was like barely anything in there. So for me, I mean, what makes my home home to me is just comforting shades of pink, like mm. soothing mauves, blush tones, very loving, Puce. very candles, incense, Nag Champa. I'm burning mm. it all the time. So you're like an ambiance person. I like, I like an ambiance. I like, yeah, you walk into my home, it should feel very well. You should like, feel zen loving. and peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. Hugged by Madison, but yes. I actually had touched yes. Madison. That's. And those, those that are close to me know I'm extremely inviting and welcoming and yes. compassionate. So this, my home just reflects that like loving energy about who I am. Yeah. And, you know, everything being in pretty feminine colors and this feminine energy. That's that's what makes my home my home. I like that. And Ricky? Hmm. You know, I think I'm gonna go with soft lighting. Yeah. Nice lampage. Yeah. You know, a nice lampage. Because at night when I'm cooking or I'm smoking a little, you know, some of that. It's just, it's soft on the eyes. <laughs> it's soft on everyone's faces. Mm -hmm. It's kind. It is kind. <laughs> um, for me, I... I have. I think everything you all said is, it's the smell. I feel like you. Yeah. You. This also speaks to all of you. I can't you. not leave. I cannot leave Marshalls. I know this is not. This is free promotion, but um, I cannot leave that store without trying to buy all the candles. I know a good soy candle. Oh. <sighs> Anything, and I'm a, I'm a dark scent. I love a dark, rich, like a musky, scent. Yeah, musky. aromatic, if like the wood. Not in a black, yes. If it's not in a black container, I'm not even going <laughs> to look at it. Like, yep. If I see any white, I'm like, I don't trust it. Nope, not having that <laughs> in my coconut house. Coconut vanilla, not for me. Not for me, I'm the coconut vanilla. And I would like to add to like ambiance. I am a lamp person. I have now told Ooh. myself. He's so good at the lighting. Do not buy no more lamps for a studio apartment in New York City. How much right. uh -huh. you got? Act like you got all this money. Uh -huh. I have two of the lamps in my house are for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just get rid of them after I collect them all. I love some lampage and some lights. Mm. Um, and and I told this person, my response to this person is like, really invest in making your home your favorite place to the point where you don't want to live in it yeah. and also making it to the point where you question the people you allow in your safe mm. space. Mm -hmm. That I'm a big one. Mm. Yeah. I used to let like an, any Tom, Dick, and Harry in. I'm right. like, just come Me over. Too. But now it's like, don't come over. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll come to you. And now it's cool. I'll come not, to you. That's a good I'm one. I'm not going Truly. anywhere. We're going to be playing on Grinder all night. <laughs> I'm not running you in here and you're not going there. Um, that's right. All the time, it's it's cuffing sex season, positive. but not for everybody. Be a whore, but we love safely. Be a whore safely. I love it. This is Queer Late Night. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform or watch episodes on YouTube by searching Queer Late Night. And now back to the show. Well, we're back. We're back, 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 back again. Come I'm on. excited. I want this to be a fun conversation. I haven't, I didn't know what I wanted to title this because I don't, want to always make things so heavy because I want people to want to be into this. So I was going to do something different. You're a you're our first allied guest. Um, I'm going to let you kind of go into the conversation and at the end we're going to name this podcast. You're going to be the first Ooh. person ever do, to do that. But I wanted to briefly I going into this I read a statement. Hopefully it's not jumbled up because otherwise I write faster than I I think. 
But the statement was today in this podcast was trying to navigate social settings like bars, clubs, event spaces, social events, even dating as a sober person can be somewhat difficult <laughs> if you're not used to being treated as an other. Mm-hmm. As, a, as most queer, um, as a queer, it's most hard to find social settings that aren't centered in or centered around drinking or I would go as far as to see say um, in certain settings I won't say what settings those are to keep keep the drama down but in certain settings where um, drinking and drug use is actually glamorized mm-hmm. to the point where that's fine we're not passing judgment everyone has the right to do what they want to do and cope how they want cope all right but it's sometimes in some instances, and I'm speaking for myself now, it leaves you feeling alienated, ostracized, and outside. When before, when I was drinking and, and you know, and getting crazy in the club, it wasn't like that. So I went on the internet and I found some some tea, some information that was a little bit insightful. So this article that I found, it was on the Gay Star News. It was um, titled LGBTQ and L- L- actually it's LGBTQ. BTQI sober and here's how we can socialize this scene without actually alcohol this episode this uh, article was written in 2019 so it's a little old and it's also it's a UK based um, article but it goes into pretty much to say and I'm paraphrasing this article is also written by James um, Bansville can't say it right but I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. Um, there was a study done in the UK that showed that, of course, LGBTQ people tend to drink at a higher rate than our counterparts, the heterosexuals. <laughs> of course, we call them that. Um, and it's for a lot of reasons. It's to help. It's because we have a higher rate of facing the discrimination. Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of harassment, a lot of problematic things. So we use alcohol, or people tend to use alcohol as a coping mechanism, drugs as a coping mechanism. I invited you here because I love that I've seen you now. First of all, the reason why I invited you here because my first day in um, 12 Steps, I've only gone to one meeting, so let me be honest, you spoke. And you, I'm not sure if you spoke or you were moderating, but I sat in the back and I remember who you were. I looked at your face, I was like, oh my God, that's Xavier's best friend. Xavier Mm -hmm. was sitting up front. And for me, it was a really difficult day because it was Mm -hmm. day one. And I was like, bitch, are you in a program? I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's in a program now. I was kind of like really emotional. I was like, because mm-hmm. it wasn't, it was on the, on the heels of not realizing that I need to stop drinking. But it was also, I was like, wow, I'm really proud of her. I only know a little bit from what Xavier told me, but you're a, you're a stronghold. You're really important in his life. Um, in fact, he's going to say, I only have one Oh, female. Oh, what? He said, I only have one um, cisgendered female friend. That's exactly what he said. Mm-hmm. I didn't paraphrase that. That's exactly how he read it. And I was like, and I knew it was you. Um, <laughs> but also what's interesting is that you are newly sober. Is that mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you work nightlife. Yes, I do. Can you t- t- give us a little bit of story? What's your, where, what, tell us about your time in New York City. Where are you originally from? And, and now you can talk about your day job. Okay. But you can do it how you want to do it. I can't dictate your story, but start start from the top. Okay. Uh, so I'm a born and raised New Yorker from Queens. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, like, I grew up, my parents are from China, so I'm first generation immigrant yes. parents. Yeah. Yes. Wait, what's your sign? Um, I'm a Virgo. Oh. Yeah. Ooh, I yeah. like that. Do you, are you bilingual? Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, I speak Mandarin. Um, Mandarin, Shanghainese, and uh, English. Oh, I did not know that about what, you. What, what, I love what that. What number is that? 
how many languages is that? Four? Three. Three. Is that work? I don't know what that word is, I but that's amazing. Speak English. I can amazing. barely get through English. Have you heard me? <laughs> Have you read anything from me? Well, um, keep going, keep going. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, like I grew up, um, I grew up in Queens, Forest Hills. It was a really predominant you know, like when you talk about like not feeling part of, right? Like you know, I always share that about my story because I grew up in a really predominantly white Jewish neighborhood and growing up, that's like what I wanted to be. Like totally. I wanted to be a white Jewish girl. Like totally. I wanted to be a Jap. That was... Damn. Mm-hmm. And so, mm. you know, that like that idea of like not fitting in, not like being accepted. I mean, I think, especially in this room, it's like we all can yeah. understand what that feels like. It's from a and just not wanting to be in your own skin, yeah. you know? Um, so I get it. I mean, I think... You know, when I think about like being in sobriety and just um, it's I've always looked for an escape. And I think that's really, you know, like a lot of times people talk about how drinking and using it's kind of just a symptom of you not wanting to be yourself. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, so an mm-hmm. av- avenue out. Absolutely. Like, so from a young age, it wasn't even that. It was like reading like fiction books or like always wanting to be in fantasy. Like, I was that girl. My mom, I used to lock myself in the bathroom and like play with my mom's makeup Mm. and just like be in like fantasy world, like for hours and hours because I just didn't want to be myself. Mm. So I think like those behaviors have always been something that's been, you know, like a consistent, like a constant in my life. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I mean, like, I. I grew up, um, had for the most part a very like normal, I guess would say childhood. Um, my parents were always very like tough on me. They, you know, they demanded a lot, like especially like first generation immigrant parents. Like yeah. they, they very much held like the, we came to the US to give you a better life. And like when you hear that growing up, it's like, and then you're constantly compared, like listen, every cousin that I have is a doctor or a lawyer. Like it still me being me. like a bartender mm. or working in fashion isn't really like Girl, you made that's it. That's not the idea we had. Girl. My brother's even in the medical field. Like right. he went the right route. Right. Like you the know, right, the right, right, route. right route. Right. Yeah. Um, well, you know, maybe you made it. I truly, mean, truly. Yeah, we Thank support you. you. <laughs> and also, you don't have I to be a like, doctor or lawyer. No. It's true. Feel that you, that, you do not want me to be your doctor or your lawyer. <laughs> Maybe I do. That, that mentality comes from generational, right? It's driven into 100%. them regardless of, our, you know, our, our when you have immigrant parents, they're, they're, it's driven into their head from their antiquated parents. Mm-hmm. And my, I don't want to say retort, but when my parents check in on me now, I go, look, you've raised independent, happy, and healthy kids be happy. Are you grateful for that? Because I am. And they're like, now they're like, yeah, yeah. now that's good enough. My mom's like, thank <laughs> yeah. God you're not in jail. I can't change you. I'm right. Like, yeah. Right. Right. I'm not in jail. Well, you you're know, right. I said this one time to my parents because they used to always say like, you know, we gave you a better life, but then they get mad when I haven't worked as hard as them. So one day I kind of, I was like, you know, you say that you gave all this up for me. But if I didn't struggle as hard as you, you invalidate my experience and say that mm. I didn't work as hard as you. So Damn. what exactly do you want? See, <laughs> and I want go, you to suffer a little. <laughs> which way am I? Which way you're coming from with the hate today? Yeah, <laughs> explain this to love me. This is spiky. <laughs> with, this is a question that was asked at a, um, a drag show last week, but mm-hmm. I, it was a really good question. We go to we leave our our towns, our, not our towns. We leave our safety. Would it, no matter what it is, whether mm-hmm. it's our town, our home, our parents' house, when did you realize, hey, I'm different and those people are... Mm. You know, honestly, I want to say that's actually been really recent. And I, I don't know, 
even in college, like up until college, I still didn't feel like I fit in. And mm. maybe it's because where we are socially mm. um, and in the world where we live in, where Asian culture is so much more embraced. And yeah. it's, yeah. listen, growing up, like I remember it was um, world soccer and it was China versus US. Mm -hmm. And everyone in my family was rooting for China. And I was like, no, I'm American. Like, really? Mm. Yeah. Okay. And, but I think, I get that. You though. know, and, Mind you, I was sent back to China every year since I was like seven years right, old. Yeah. Right. And so I think it's only been recent, you know, in media and seeing that it's accepted. Mm. Because even then it's like, you know, the idea of like talking about a model model minority, right? Yeah. Like uh, that like what does that, that even mean? That you know? backhanded bullshit. Um, yeah. And it's like so it but now I think you know, for so long, I was also like trying to like overcome this idea of like being an Asian woman and being fetishized and like, right. you know, like what you see in like porn and what you see yeah. like Adam. It's like, it's so weighing you know, people like, what do they think of me? Mm -hmm. How are you viewing? Mm -hmm. Am I a fetish to you? Mm -hmm. Right. Oh, like that was a big one for me for a long time because at first I leaned into that because sure. that's how I thought I I'm saw getting love, validation. I'm getting attention. Yes, like, sure, like in sex, like that's how I'll be, sure. you know, but that's, that's not. Right. Yeah. And that's like, how ah. I'll be. Yeah, but that's not like, Reality. you know, as a, fe like, what do I really want, right. right? Like, what are my needs? Like, so it's, I mean, so it's still like something that I'm embracing and now it's just, you know, like who I am, like, like what my nationality is secondary to yeah. like who I am as a person. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's There's kind so of much like, more. Yeah, yeah so much exactly, more. Yeah. exactly. You can be prideful without catering to someone's fetish, right? Exactly. <laughs> the yeah. liber uh, liberating the two is, is just that liberating, right? Mm -hmm. Thank you. I like that. That's really good. Um, well, I don't want to, I don't want to dominate the conversation. I know that every, the co-hosts have questions, so go, go for it. We're here. Take it away, Miss Thing. I can, I can. I'll start with the question one. And the question okay. one, I'll, I'm going to change it a little bit because when you were in college, okay. were you like like most people? Were you like drinking, going crazy? Yeah. So I didn't really start drinking until my senior year of high school. Okay. Um, Me too. Yeah. Like I. I was like a straight A student. Um, well, I was an A minus student. Uh, my parents would be like, <laughs> an Asian where's F? that other? Yeah. <laughs> an Asian it was an Asian F, let me tell you. Mama, I, I was know. that girl, I would get like a 95. My mom would say like, where are the other five points? <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My, mom like, my mom Damn. like, where's the other 30 to 40 points? This is Girl, not my, good. No, my mother was like, where's your report card? I'd be like, ah. Uh, they don't, they don't it send did, those It no didn't more. come out. Uh, it didn't that come was out. definitely me in college. I used to like edit, PDF it, because by the time college hit around, I was like, mm, Not my, doing it. Mm -mm. Not doing it. Yeah, but I, I didn't really start drinking. And then in college was really when I was introduced to like heavy, you know, listen, I lived in a really like, the dorm that I was in was like all the white fraternity sororities. Were you in a so sorority? Was, mm -mm. Okay. So, but it was like heavy on drinking and heavy mm. on using. Oh yeah. yeah. And Greek so. Greek culture is toxic. Yeah. Well, Greek at culture, the Greek time. Greek culture, I went in, in a college sense. That's oh, what the word they use. Absolutely. Greek. Not Greek like the country. Yeah, 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 <laughs> not the Greeks. Yeah, Greek not life. the Greeks in general. Not coming for the Greeks. We love you. Not coming for the Greeks. We love you. I love exactly, you. Exactly. Exactly. No, but it was really party heavy like it was frat parties sorority parties like you People know like die at those things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. damn i mean like the kegerators like that was just something that it was the norm you know yeah. um and i went like from zero to a hundred very quickly my first year i probably tried every drug i mean that yeah. was it yeah. was you know and a little bit was it was curiosity totally. but a lot of it was just because everyone else is doing it totally you know and then my mm. life kind of it was that was my primary purpose 
was to party and then everything else was secondary right um so that really like kind of consumed you know like my life and it really dictated i would choose classes around like i could never take an 8 30 a.m class and i lived on campus but i <laughs> yeah. knew it's because well, because the bars close at two <laughs> and then there's the after party which ends at five okay. Okay. i cannot no be at, and i knew i'm gonna I'm, fail i'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna fail i, I was not far from lecture hall like i was right. a two minute walk right. god, oh my goodness and god forbid you was a student like me who never remembered the day that registration start i would always register three days after registration starts so 8 a.m i'm like oh well i already failed so i'm gonna see what they're doing next semester oh no i would i was that girl that like took advantage you have like one week to drop your classes and switch it up so i would give i'd always be like you know what i'm really motivated this semester so i'm going to try to apply for that 8 30 a.m class ah really nope. oh. the last day where you have like that little window of grace like, you know what never mind never mind <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. You know, yeah. i have never a mind. i'm not an adult to, to, i'm actually still <laughs> fucking up yeah. to piggyback on you know your uh, sororities and such what is it what is the importance and the power of having your sober community but not but beyond just them like what is the importance of having your non-sober friends include you and what can we as non-sober people do to make you feel more included so okay so i love that you asked that Mm. um for me uh my sober tribe as i call them is everything they ground me these are people that i can rely on and most importantly these are people that understand my experience right Mm. like And I think, um, you know, like we all can understand pain and struggle, but the idea of like addiction and like the claws that it like, you know, that it like holds on to in my life and how it dictated my life for so long to have someone that can understand that without even you needing to like explain, like when I'm having a low day, those are the people that I call and, you know, and working at the queue, like. And this is not for everybody. This is just me personally. You know, like not everyone would recommend being sober and working nightlife. But for me, being a part of is so important to Mm -hmm. my story that when I see bartenders taking a shot, I damn well say, hey, include me. But like pour me a ginger beer shot or pour me a Red Bull shot. And I I love that you brought that up because I remember we had that conversation Mm -hmm. where I was like, I never know when we take a shot. Like, do you want us to like ask you? And you were like, no, just ask me and then like pour me a Red Bull or pineapple juice. I just stand there. I'm like, no, because (laughs) here's the thing, right? Like, I didn't get sober to live a fucking boring life. No, boring. Like to me, sober just means I just don't drink and drug. Like, but that doesn't mean I stop living life. So if I'm at the bar or even if I'm not behind the bar and I'm like partying, I'll have a Red Bull in my hand, yeah, maybe probably two Red Bulls in my hand. Right, yeah. right. Um, but I want to be a part of, I want to be able to have the same fun experience. I'm yeah. just not intoxicated. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, to See, your point. And, then, mm-hmm. and that's why it's so important for me to ask that question mm-hmm. because I want to make sure, not just as your friend, mm-hmm. right. and not just as Les's friend, but also like as a bartender, mm-hmm. we get people that are sober. Like yeah. we want to make sure, or I want to make sure anyway, that there's something that we can be doing, especially if you're going to a place like the Q, you're going for community, for experience, mm-hmm thing and you we i want to make sure you feel just as included as any other person in there right um but also to say too like what i find so inspiring about you specifically is like you are someone that is sober you are very vocal about your sobriety Mm -hmm. but you it's your it's it's that that you can work in the bar you're around the alcohol you're around the party but you still have this power in not make not consuming it Mm-hmm. and being present in it and yes. it being so around you that I find so inspiring. Oh, it's actually you. it's actually better that way because you still want to be there. It's just like, I'm not drinking. Before yeah. we get far ahead though, I want 
uh, there was uh, some questions that I wanted to lead up to where we are right now. It's fine. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly fine. Mm. Do you, can you? Do yeah, th- I'll take that. The one on top? Yeah. Okay. How many times did you try sobriety before it all came together and you were able to fully commit? First time. This the is first time. Amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And I, we <clears throat> I, I, I preference that question was like, in the research for this, people do dry January. People do dry November. Right. Yeah. Dry right. June. Those are all att- attempts that, uh, of it's it's called sober curious. Yeah. But now it's like people are more uh, are able to actually say, you know what, I'm actually sober, mm-hmm. or I'm not drinking, or I don't do drugs, and yeah. being confident in that. I worked at the center, and I had a few clients that it would be multiple times, which is fine because. Right. You you're trying you and you can't be down on yourself. Also, relapse is a part of recovery. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So, it was just that was just my answer and question. But you know, their first time. Congratulations! This is my real first time too. Amazing. I've done the dry January, made twenty eight days, and I was like, "What the fuck was I doing? Let's start drinking again." (laughs) So I will say, like my story. So. Um, drinking was part of my story, um, but for me, mostly it was drugs, um, specifically opiates. Okay. And, um, you know, I really, you know, it's interesting because I never thought I had a problem. Right. The fact that I was using five times a day and right. my life was like absolutely like crazy and insane. I mean, you know, like I've, I've talked about this with friends before. Like I, I so I used to have a dealer and I'm like, so this is like the delusion that I was living in during my active use. I used to have a dealer and, you know, he was a Korean war vet and I used to buy from him all the time. And anyway, long story short, he was like convicted of a f- crime. Like he ended up like murdering this like hooker that like came over. Whoa. And I mean, it's that Whoa. I got, sorry, that got dark really quick. No, but the first time I heard that story and I hadn't picked up from him a while because I had to go on a business trip, I came back and my first thought was. Oh, but he was really nice to me. So like, I feel like we could totally go back. And it's just like that idea of like insanity. And so my journey really wasn't, I never tried to be sober. Mm. All I thought was I'm physically addicted to the substance. I need to take a break. But I don't know, but like the idea of like being sober, being in any type of 12 step program, like that wasn't, I didn't didn't know enough. Mm, Like. Unfortunately, like you hear about a lot about people being sober or being in recovery, but there's also not that much information, which is why I love like this type of platform because people don't know that that is an option yeah. or people think once you get sober, life gets boring. Yeah. Right, right. And I think that it's like destigmatizing mm-hmm. that, right? Yeah. Like just because you're not drinking, like that doesn't mean that life stops for you, totally. you yeah. know? And so. I, you know, for me, I was fortunate enough where I had to go to a 30 day program. I went to rehab and that's really what propelled me into it. But not everyone gets that, you know, like not everyone has the means to do that. Not everyone. Like for me, all the stars aligned in the sense of like my life became so crazy. I couldn't do it anymore. I was so physically dependent when I say like I couldn't stop using I couldn't stop using Mm -hmm. like I was that girl like you know when you go on the subway platform and you see those people like passed out or Mm. like just shooting up like in the that was me Mm. yeah and that's like not the person that stands before you today but that's how insane it was right Right. like I couldn't stop it it became bigger than me Mm -hmm. and so um so I had to do a 30-day program and like that was the only way where I really started like was educated on what sobriety means you know the the types of programs that are out there for me to like like have support in this in this journey um 
But, you know, and to your point, though, like when you go, when you hear a lot of people share, it's relapse is a part of your story, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, the time, the amount of times that they have to do to like, um, you know, like the dry January or like, you know, like sober, whatever. easy stepping into it. Stick your toe in. Exactly. You know, but I think ultimately, like, I boil it down to, is my life completely unmanageable with this substance of choice, whether it be your drug or a drink? Right. If all I can think about when the first thing I wake up is using mm, and drinking, mm. and the last thing that I'm doing right before I pass out is drinking and using, my life is probably unmanageable. Like if I yeah, don't have real right. relationships, if I can't even hold on to a job, if right. I can't have normal relationships with people, it's a problem. Right. You yeah. know, like, and you know, I, I'm very much a believer, especially now, like. You have one life. You mm-hmm. have one fucking life, mm. right? I mean, maybe people believe in like reincarnation, yeah. but sure, sure. this is the one you're sure of. Yeah, the this exactly the one that I remember and I'm <laughs> present in. So, why wouldn't you make the best of it? And making the best of it doesn't mean I'm like in my room by myself, yeah. like you know, like and just isolated. That's yeah. not you know, like to me, like when I think of like a fulfilling you know, a fulfilling life. It means like doing things, achieving goals, being ambitious and like like chasing my dreams. Mm-hmm. I can't do any of that when I'm like under the influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I didn't. I right. lost so many years of my life to it. Mm. And so that's kind of like what I, like why, again, when I think back to it, it's like, I know that this is the path for me because now I have those things mm-hmm. and I never did prior. Mm-hmm. You know, like I was able to pursue a career, but I was like not present. I yeah. wasn't showing up for my job. And to your point, like being a bartender, it's like I have these tools that like that my sobriety has given me where I can be in a club and serve alcohol, you know, and also seeing a lot of the drunk people is a great reminder. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, you know, when they're like looking at the iPad trying to like tip you or like, or they're ordering and they're like, and you're passing. just like this. You're like, yeah, I know it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's kind of for me at least it's kind of like, Oh, right. This is what I never want to be. This is what, oh, I right. Completely. Right. And I, 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 don't, I always, I try to be, that's cognitive. me. She's talking to, it was a subtweet at me, but I concur. Looking at her phone, trying to pay her bill. <laughs> Bitch, get over here. Um, I don't like to get too far ahead in, yeah. the, in the show yeah, yeah. and get to the end to say thank you, but sharing your story so mm-hmm. openly because mm-hmm. everything's viewed so differently, but sharing your story openly about substance use and abuse is very, very powerful. Mm. And thank you for even coming here to do that. Absolutely. Not a lot of people are willing no. to be so vulnerable, right. even though your vulnerability is giving strength to someone else. Mm-hmm. So thank you for Absolutely. that. Thank you. Uh, you made these great changes. You've gone through this journey. You are in front of 12 steps and you are putting yourself out there and you're encouraging others so far thus far because things change what's been one of the best things that you noticed i have friends oh, oh i love yes. that oh my god friends. i'm gonna cry i know I at any crying. moment um and listen not everyone's a best friend right yeah. but at any okay. moment i can call anybody um and i know that i like there's always a line that people say it's like I may not like you but I love you and mm. you know like and mm. when I you know when I started the 12 step program that I'm part of um, I heard that in the rooms and it's like I might not know you I may not like you and I might not even share the same story as you but I love you because you deserve to be here mm. oh my god and so um, you know and I think that's that's the biggest part is because I went from a life of um, 
like you know it's like you know in those movies where you see like day turn to night and night turn to day and day turn to night and it's like time is just kind of going by yes it was just me like i didn't right. use with anybody else right and that's not everyone's story a lot of times oh, wow. especially with drinking sometimes it's like it was a very social thing but like how many like real relationships did i have right. i didn't really have sure. that you know like i didn't and now i do mm-hmm. and that for me is like that and also i would just say like having um having like these like tools to just know that like at any point I can vocalize like what's bothering me if I'm at the club and Mm. I and I'm like feeling very uncomfortable I know at any moment like it's more important to me to like protect my safety my emotional well-being so if I need to step out and like leave and like go smoke a cigarette or get a a minute But like those, like loving myself, oh my I would God. say that what it is like yes. really, really like honing in on, you know, when you put yourself first and like you build like self love, it's like, I never loved myself. Like, and I, and I joke about this, but it's not really funny. Like I wear color contacts and like, I love how it looks on me, but like a lot of that still is like, is like built in because like, I still don't love myself enough to just have my beautiful brown eyes. Right. I think being an Asian girl with green eyes is like what it Hot. is, but like, yeah, yeah. but you know, the, the underlying is probably like there's still parts of me that I'm working on that totally. to learn how to love myself, totally. but like self-love and having friends that love me just for me, despite mm. all the shit that I've done mm. yeah. and, and the shit that I, like that made me me back then. That's not who I am today. Mm. I want mm. to well pick it back off that. And this is not about me. This is an interview about you, but it I was drinking for 17 years. I started drinking mm-hmm. in uh 10th grade mm-hmm. started binge drinking I joined the military and I, it got to the point where once I got to the last day I looked and I was like I'm afraid that I'm one gonna lose my friends and two like maybe I haven't done this long enough and then I started counting I was like you've been not present in your own life for 17 years mm-hmm. and once I it the 30 days and the 60 days it's, it becomes a little bit of a challenge because you also now have to reimagine and re and see yourself for who you are. Yep. And also re-examine everything to the point where what do I want and where am I at right now and how can I get there? And it's it's it is a very self awakening thing and it, it takes time but it's great and you know what little by little you take away and you're like oh yeah I got some green contacts but all right this is what I like. Right. This is what I like. It's not, I love myself, but this is my look. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank you. Anybody else? Go ahead. You are so good at, I mean, you just verbalize everything so well. So it's hard to kind of <laughs> follow up. Pick more. I don't have to pull anything out of you. I don't have to. Like, you just let it pour. Do we have pour. a box of tissue? Oh, oh, you should oh my have God. It over you, here. you really had got me with the friend. You, you did. You had got me. And, and just the story alone, like, I did not know any of that. Mm-hmm. I But I was still moved enough to know that I was like, you know, if anything ever bad happens, I know that this person would care because they're present mm-hmm. at least and not saying anything about anybody else. Anybody, I just knew from you speaking, the motivation, just everything. I was like, this is oh, a great person. You. And not only that, but I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to be real transparent. When you would see me, like, you saw me a few times. I was like, I wonder, I hope she doesn't think I'm drinking. Fuck. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> no, it's so funny. You're still, nothing changed about your personality going out and I was so happy to see that. Because mm-hmm. I, I know fun. it wasn't easy. Right. But it, watching it stick for you and still come out and still hang. Yeah. And still be just as funny. You know, it, it, the, uh, that's not to, 
I'm glad that you didn't feel like it was changing your personality because it didn't. It, you uh, know, you know what? She's, she's still just as fun. It's it's what you said to the, the point of my self care, my time, mm, my energy. Mm. They can go out. My best friend mm-hmm. go out. They can go out to the bar, girl. They can stay the three or four. I, I want to hear about it tomorrow. Right. right. Or you don't have to stay the whole night. I want to go home. Right. I want to get me a chicken quesadilla. <laughs> can I just tell you the amount of t- my friends know this about me? Like that is like. I more look forward to the end of the night. I'm like, so what are we eating? They're like, girl, we just got out. I'm like, well. Yeah. I want to eat. You guys are doing that. But <laughs> right. and, and, and my friends are so, and everyone cares. Like, oh my God, is everything okay? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, well, Amadeus is open until. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, girl, I had planned a chicken quesadilla meal, a, mm-hmm, a sweet mm-hmm. meat meal on the way home at 2.30. I'm like, bitch, it's 2.30, honey. What the fuck? I get up. Well, we're going to change gears in the, okay. in the conversation. Working in nightlife yeah. and, and being behind the bar and also having the tools that you need that you've got from various programs and support systems mm-hmm. when you're do you ever feel triggered by the people you're serving or being in the atmosphere um you know every once in a while i think um um being tired triggers me a little bit sure. you know like when you see like there's like quick pick-me-ups that people can do right <laughs> like I, I don't know if we're allowed to like Everyone's name, totally. the, name no, the substance I, don't, I haven't gotten a sponsor yet yeah. super, but no but you already talked about Girl. heroin when you see the girls running to do cocaine in the bathroom yes it's like, like not oh. that I, that was never listened like my forte i didn't really care for it but it's sure. like when i'm tired and you're like there is something that i can immediately take right. that will immediately do that right so that a little bit or sometimes i will say like you know when you're seeing everybody that's why i do ask to be included in like you know taking like the sober shot yeah, right absolutely. but sometimes like you see when someone's able to really like let loose and you know i still feel a little awkward sometimes like i can sure. dance but like mm. i i like i do crave a, occasionally like that like whole like lose yourself Un- in the music and you know that completely uninhibited you know but there is a fine line because they totally. go uninhibited to like, <laughs> like tip hopping out and you're <laughs> right, like oh right. well that's not what i want to be but can there is oh like, she's just vibing titty okay you're having fun all right all right, all right. <laughs> Can I ask you, mm-hmm. and this may be too personal, no, so I mean, feel free I'm not to answer. Book. How do you fight your triggers? Mm. Um, so, okay, so there is this thing. Um, I will say, like, in the moment, a lot of it is um, I know when I need to leave. It's like, this is not for me anymore. Um, or if I need to step out or I need, I go, um, it, like, when I start to feel like, should I really want that? I know mm. I need to remove myself from the situation. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I think that will be like mo- like yeah. a big one for me, like physically removing myself from the situation. Like I go very much by my gut of like, if it doesn't make me feel good, yeah. I don't need to be a part of this. That's okay. a too good And like if you're with your friends, mm. like, and that was a hard thing for me, like talking yeah. about friends is, if your friends don't end up loving you because you got sober, then they weren't your friends were to begin with, friends. right? Like really, yeah. if what held you together was drinking and using, that chances are that maybe that's who they are, right? Sure. When you go out and you see them at the bar, it's like, hey, girl, what's up? Like, that's keep who they moving. are. Yep. And, and that's okay. That's sure. okay. But, sure. you know, your core group, like, you know, and even if not everyone was sober that I was with, like, they, like, if they know enough, they'll know, like, or sometimes they'll check up on me or I'll say, yeah. like, like I said, I'll leave. Um, and that's a big one. And when I first got sober, a big one for me was if I knew I was going to a party, there's this thing called bookending where you, prior to you going to the party, you call someone, you know, that's probably sober and you go, hey, I'm going to this party. There's going to be probably some drinks and drugs. Like, I'm just calling you. And then at the end, 
like when you leave the party, you call that person. And it's the idea of accountability, right? I was going to say the word. Accountability. Oh yeah. So it's like, so you Ooh. know that no matter what, because here's the thing, right? Like when you try to hold yourself accountable, sometimes you can bend the rules. Totally. But if sometimes. I know, like, <laughs> right, right. But if I know Madison's going to be up waiting for that call, I'm not going to want to let her down. She's totally. my girl, right? Like totally. she's going to worry because if she doesn't hear from me by a certain time, she's going to be blowing up my phone right. or not. But like, you know, I have it in my head of like, fuck, I need to call her. And totally. if she hears me intoxicated or you, like, you know, it's Can just, tell. Sure. right, yeah. right. So I think that, you know, like, especially in the beginning, um, mm. especially being in nightlife, like I know so a lot of beautiful. people that like are newly exploring sobriety and newly trying to get sober. And that is a big one. And I say to them, like, listen, call me when you leave. Like if, or if you're, or in the middle, call someone, right. Or like step aside with a friend, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. that is beautiful by the yeah. way and so is that kind of what a sponsor is um i mean that could be um i think there's varying degrees of it right so um i they would so like it's funny so the sponsor really like from how i've defined it is someone that will guide you through um an a 12-step program um you know there's literature around 12-step programs and so they you know they guide you through these things called the steps um and it's like a it's a it's almost like a design for life and a program that you follow um, that kind of like builds on your sobriety, if that kind of makes yeah. sense, right? Um, but, you know, that relationship can evolve. Some people become friends with their sponsor or their guide or their mentor, you know? Um, so, some people end up having like more intimate relationships or some people, it's just another person to keep you accountable. But really, it is ultimately a person that you check in with, that you call, that keeps you accountable, um, that gets to know you on an intimate level where they can tell if something is off or yeah. if they can tell, you know, because you're calling them every day and you're, you know, that you build this relationship where they know who you are as a person, who you are in sobriety. And so really it does, it comes down to like accountability. Um, and so, yeah, I would say like that wow. is like someone that, um, a sponsor can be someone like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just to state again, when you're sober, you're never alone. Nope. Even if you think you would be, you're, <laughs> that not, is, alone. you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You're not alone. Especially being in New York city, you know, like we're really, I'm really lucky because there are there are so many support groups out there in all various forms um, that you know really cater to. I, I feel like in any big city too, like where there's just as much drinking, using it, like you know substance abuse, sure. there's just as big of a support like sober mm. community and so, a network. Mm. Mm-hmm. So if someone listening is not in New York City, is there like a like a main website or somewhere they can go? Um, and I mean, find- there are like I think it goes down to like there's a lot of different Tulsa programs, right? Like, um, you know, there are programs like Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, like even it, like there's so many. It goes down Got to it. even like groups like Cocaine's Anonymous or like right. uh, Crystal Meth Anonymous. Right, it's just right. um, so when you type mm. in like on, you know, when you type in like recovery, sober network, sober meetings, mm-hmm. okay. you know, I think a lot of resources come up for that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Great. Thank you for telling us. They're Thank sharing you. that. Yeah, yeah of course. That's perfect. Your turn, girl. Your question. Oh, damn. It's just coming all out. Like I'm looking at all this stuff here and just kind of talking it's, about it. I know it's all out. What, do, you have, do, you, do you have questions you know? for us? Um, I don't know. Questions for you guys. I, I, not to cut you off. I, in the beginning of this uh, theory and this and building this, it it came across that in a lot of spaces, sober people where we want to have fun in the nightlife, it, there has been multiple times where I'm like, this isn't fun because someone's not making it fun. An example of that would be 
I went to a bar in this neighborhood, mm-hmm. won't say their name, and the bartender knows me, the old me, the mm-hmm. old me that drinks a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were there, mm-hmm. this person this. literally looked at me as I asked for a seltzer and lime and rolled his eyes. And I immediately was like, I'm not making you money, therefore I'm not valid right. with you. And then, it didn't give me the drink, by the way. I was like, can you, then I felt like, then there was at the other bar, not to cut you off. Do you remember? I was like, let me finish, I, I, it, let me finish okay. this one. And then, I, and then after that, I was like, listen, I'm sober. Can I just have the seat, the fucking soda? Like, bitch, he's this bartender's response is, bitch, no, you're not. <gasps> Jeez, I did not know that. He's like, bitch, no, you're not. I was like, it's day 46. Mm-hmm. And he stopped and I stared at him. And I, I at the time felt uncomfortable mm-hmm. and I wanted to leave, but I stayed because it was a show. Right. But I was like, I mean, it was like, that is why people mm-hmm. don't want to come out. Mm-hmm. So I want to get to the point of the conversation where we can like start building a nice, safe community where you can go to places, not feel pressured or be right. disrespected. And, and, and this is, and this is me. And then another thing that I've realized that bothers me is like, for those people that weren't my friends, mm-hmm. I knew they weren't my friends any fucking way. Right. They were acquaintances when they come across like, oh, let's go to the bathroom. Like, no, girl, I'm not doing that anymore. Or can I buy you a shot? I'm like, oh, I, I actually, I'm doing some, so I'm, I'm, I'm sober. Mm-hmm. I still smoke weed. I, I don't know how I've, I've come to terms with using the word sober and weed, but I don't drink and do illicit drugs, illegal mm-hmm. drugs. Why? Mm-hmm. Did mm. something happen? Mm. How long? I'm mm-hmm. like, bitch. Mm-hmm. Do you want my my fucking insurance now? Are you my therapist now? Right, right, <laughs> right. It's, it's things like that. So, in your opinion, especially coming from the bartending, uh, well, nightlife enthusiast, well, I got. And I'll ask this as a bartender who is not a sober person: mm-hmm. What and how can we approach the situation? Because I I know ways in which I would normally do this, but mm. please educate me and educate yes. anyone that's listening. Or how you do it, because mm. it's not, that was not the only, fir- the first person that right. rolled their eyes at me or treated me differently because I wasn't drinking. As a bartender, it was another time that it happened. I was like, this is why I know a lot of sober folks don't leave their house or right. go to these settings where it's nightlife. I still want to go out and shake my pussy too. Right. Not right. to get judged for not, not, participating participating so okay so i have like so many different perspectives on that Mm. right like first and like to answer your question so i like to play a little bit of a devil's advocate right a lot of people because they don't know about sobriety or being sober or and like the the word sober in general like there is you know there's different definitions of it right Mm. like there's what like how a 12-step program does defines it which would be like a minor mood altering substance right mm. so some may argue sober can't be applied if you're still smoking weed yeah mm. and so or some people would just like i don't drink but then that sure. kind of implies it's like oh maybe you're on a diet or you're on a cleanse you don't drink mm-hmm. so i would say i would challenge you to say when people are asking questions, generally it's not to attack you. It might just be because they don't know. Okay. And then it mm-hmm. might be like they just want to understand. Right. right. But that's not to say that like some people yeah. are just super obnoxious too. And totally. they go, why? What? Totally. Like what happened? And you just go, you know what? It's just a journey that I'm on. Right. Yeah. You know? And then that's kind of like, and sometimes you do have to shut it down and you go, like, let's talk about this another time. Like yeah. you go and have fun. Like, well, right. like another time and another day. And then <laughs> if they are important enough, then you will follow up right. or they'll follow up. Right. Yeah. And if right. not, just be like, girl, have fun. Like, that's my Truly. choice. Right? I want to think that's that beautiful. some of those questions though are just things that you don't ask. Like you don't like. No, I, but not everyone knows. Right. Okay. Like, I will say I've been on that end where, <laughs> especially if I was, 
you know, especially rooted and tooted. And the first times I've come across uh, people at sober parties, it was so baffling to me because like people were going hard, and I'd be, why, why or how, not right. knowing. That you it know, might be offensive exactly, or it might exactly. be. Exactly. And that's the thing, now right? I, do, I think if you we destigmatize. No, it's not my business. Yeah. Right, right. But it's, it's, I think it's the idea of like, if you destigmatize the idea of like being sober equals bad or boring, yeah, right. then it's really just as much saying like, like it could be as simple as like, well, why aren't you drinking? I'm on antibiotics. Like, oh, yeah. it should be right. as casual as, as that. Or I can't mm. eat pork. I don't eat pork chops. Right. And it's well like, said. you know, like if someone were to say like, I don't eat beef, like, Sure. Some people might say like why yeah. So sure, sure. I would try to maybe say like It, it kind of works both ways right Sometimes it is like it's really none of your business But yeah. then if they are your friends and they're asking why Chances are they're just really curious yeah. mm-hmm. um, But then if you do feel like they are coming at you for a reason And if you know their intent is not coming from a curious place And more of like a shade place Then usually like I just kind of laugh it off Because I've been at the bar And they want to buy me a round of a shot And I just go no I don't drink And then sometimes you look at their face And they're like but just one And no. then I hit them with the I'm sober Like, <laughs> And then they go oh that's so great you know. Right, right. Um, I have thought myself so many times When people are like why I can't Why I'm like I almost died Right. I don't see <laughs> you could you know like for not even for shock value shock, but like <laughs> for me it's shock value because I almost died <laughs> right yeah. well I'm glad you didn't yeah Amen. exactly you. I'm glad Amen. you're here um, and then to answer your question about navigating you know like if so it's hard because I so for me I've just kind of picked up like a lot of times the, the ones that order um, bottles of water or Gatorade right like I think so Okay, so this has been my experience: is that people who end up going to um, who go, end up going out to bars and clubs, um, and if they are sober, chances are they've been out before, so they'll usually just ask for the water or the Gatorade or the Red Bull. Um, the only time where they'll go like, wait, if I ever see that they hesitate and like, they'll be like, "Oh, do you have anything non-alcoholic?" Then that's when I would say like, hey, that's like I don't drink either or like or you can say like, hey, like, um, you know, I can make you a great mocktail and provide right. the alternative right. um, because it's it like lets them know. And it's the ones that hesitate a little bit, the ones that are straight up coming to yeah. like order the non-alcoholic drink and they know what they want. Every once in a while, I'll take a guess and be like. Hey, by the way, like if you don't just want Diet Coke, like I can make you like an amazing ginger beer, pineapple juice combo or something. So so what asking, asking, (laughs) like, would you like something non-alcoholic? Is that a good? Yeah. That's a good. Okay. Yeah. I I just don't find that to be. I want to make sure the question I would never find that to be. At least that's me. Like, I would never find that to be offensive. Um, You know, and if anything, I'd be like, yes, that would be awesome. What do you have? I think it's straightforward in a respectful way in its verbiage. And then. What do you want? Boring. Hey, you're listening to Queer Late Night, a late night podcast that gives people from the queer community to share their insight they've learned along their personal professional journeys. We're partnered with Pretty Easy Podcasting, and they're in charge of all the editing for this podcast. While we don't have corporate sponsorships or sponsorships from anyone right now, so we're broke, we are very much welcoming any type of charitable donations to help make this show become more accessible to queer community around the world continue to listen support like subscribe and share i'm your host elma colors i am so 
am not impressed by your story, but just happy that you told it and you were so open and so honest. And I really do want these type of moments to capture real topics and subjects that people go through alone because in the beginning of sobriety you do feel alone like mm-hmm. anything you start in life of course this is a lone ranger thing and you begin to realize i have really great people and strong people and i have the ability to bring myself out of this and once again thank you for that i want to bring it just a tab it up can you tell us about the fashion fashion industry you are in the fashion industry there's gonna be a fashion podcast. You're gonna be invited back. <laughs> what do you do in fashion? Where do you work? Okay, so I work for this company called Apollo Apparel. Okay. Um, we do. So I'm specifically like in the product development side. Um, so I like. I will say. Okay, so let me. My job first. Um, so I work <laughs> with like designers, and I work with like um, creative designers and technical designers. They design the product. Um, the technical designers are the ones that like make the measurements of how it's done, and then I'm the one that really like makes the, the product come to life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I work with like factories overseas, mm. and that's I used to do that like um, like in my last job. Like when I got into sobriety, actually, I took like a huge pay cut and a position downgrade because I didn't want to overwhelm myself. Yeah. But I used to like visit the factories. I would like look at the lines and like work with them on making sure that the product actually like comes to life visit and gets the ca- made. The factories now, where generally would they be? Looking? All over in Asia. So like I would they go would, to Vietnam. The would fly you? Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, my sister's a buyer. Yeah. So that's and that's amazing. like I will say that's like the more fun side that's after the product fun. is done and they have a collection. You buy, the buyer comes yeah. in and goes like, you know, like blooming or. An, a big department store sure, for example sure. and then they go okay so we're looking for like these five coats and these three shirts and this is what's trending oh, it's so cool. yeah so it's a lot of numbers you know yeah. but like my end is really specifically just the, like on paper the designers like create it and then like how do I make it from paper into mm. product mm. Mm-hmm. that's bomb did you I, go to school for this in the vein I did of? not so I, I went to this, school I feel like that's what people say like they get into this job mm-hmm. that they're like yeah you know well well I don't want to say endowed that they've matriculated their well, their self, their themselves well into, and I'm like, wow, you must have gone to school for so long for that. And they're like, no, I, I went psychology. to school for political science actually. Wow. So I worked in like I worked for in DC for a little bit for government. Wow, and that's what I wanted to do. Yeah, holy shit. Um, and I was, and so because I wanted to be like, <laughs> I want to save the <laughs> world, and I was like, you know, dying liberal, and this is what I wanted to do. And totally. Then when you're 21 awesome. going into DC trying to save the world, um, oh. you're grabbing coffee and sandwiches. Which is um, that's yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. you're experiencing burnout. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so that was, and so I actually got into this field because I'm bilingual. Yeah, and my yeah, first company ever, asset. they were looking for someone that can speak to the factories because at the time they were working with factories in China. And they had what they a great white asset. People. Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? They needed someone that can communicate. Um, and so that's how I got Amazing. into it. Yeah. Very, mm-hmm. very cool. That's bum. Going back to the political science, were your parents happy that you were doing that? Or was that not Only that? because potentially I was working for government. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, because totally. originally it started off as law. So ever totally. since I was high school, I went to like a law high school and I really? wanted to be a lawyer. And this is, so this is like my Asian dad. Um, he was very much like, you're a girl like you don't have to get your master's you can just get married right um, right you know right. like you can just find a husband and i'm like 
oh, oh. okay. Because I, I wasn't yeah. going to follow the, the yeah. trajectory of yeah. lawyer yeah. or yeah. doctor. Yeah. That's okay. Marry and into so, it. Right. <laughs> oh, so Anybody who's looking, <laughs> my <laughs> number is. Okay. Wait, what's so, your Instagram? So you, so you can get back on this trajectory of getting this man that has this money. That has never worked for me. Oh, my God. Um, you, of course, have had a, a tremendous, great journey. When people listen to this podcast, people mm-hmm. who are thinking about sobriety, no matter what form or facet it is, what are some initial, I guess, elementary things that you want to assure them, girl, do sobriety? With some words of wisdom, I guess. Um, words of wisdom. Okay, so first, um, is your life completely unmanageable, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm. you know, do you feel like it's completely out of control? In terms of identifying whether or not, like, it's for you. Yeah. Um, You know, and I think that's a hard one for people to accept because I think when people think of the alcoholic and the addict, they think of the person under the bridge, the person that lost a job. And, you know, there's terms called, like, low and high bottoms, right? Like, Uh, I always thought... (laughs) Are there low high bottoms? Well, yeah, exactly, right? Um, Sorry. So... um, And I always thought, well, I didn't lose a job. I wasn't, you know, I didn't lose my house. I, you know, I'm still good. Mm. But it really comes down to like the simple questions of, you know, am I thinking about all the time? Is this consuming my life? Do I have normal relationships? Mm. And if all those are no and Mm. and really like your best friend is like that bottle or like that baggie. Right. Chances are maybe this is something that you want to explore. Right. right? You you can still be high functioning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I, you know, listen, I think the advantage of being in New York City or just, I don't want to make it just specific to New York City, but the advantage is there are so many support groups. So I would look that up, you Mm. know, and Mm. you know, we live in a day and age now where there are a lot more um, diverse. Like, if you only want to go to women's meetings, if you mm. want to, there's a lot of, it, you know, there's a lot of like LGBTQIA yes. like meetings yeah. that are specific to that. Mm. Um, there's just men's meetings if you're like if you're not comfortable. Like, right. and I think finding. Um, the ones that work for you don't mm. get deterred because right. sometimes the first few times I went, I listen, I went to rehab in Connecticut. It was not my crew of people. It mm. was like there were tractors parked in the garage Ooh. and that wasn't necessarily who I identified with. Right, I was right. like the only person of color in that right, meeting. Yeah. I was very young and I'm just like, well, these aren't my people. Right. But don't get deterred by that. Right. Is, like, yeah. mm-hmm. is there a virtual? There is, especially after COVID. Right. Zoom is like I will say um, a lot of 12 step programs really grasp onto like virtual meetings so quickly and I'm so grateful for that. There are ones that sometimes you just have to listen in like log into if you go online and you look it up. There's links to these virtual meetings and sometimes just listen in. Mm. You know, I I think um, the hardest part always is raising your hand and saying hi, you know, but that is really powerful because, Mm. and you don't even have to identify as an alcoholic or an addict. You just Mm. go, hi, my name is blah. And this is my first time. Mm. You will be embraced by so much love. Mm. And so, because, you know, they always say the opposite of addiction is connection. Mm. And it's not like the opposite of addiction is sober. It's connection because that's what we want, Mm. right? Like as people, as human beings, we're not meant to be alone. No, we're we're meant to be. We're social creatures. Yes, ma'am. And so, 
I think it's just not getting deterred. If you don't find your people right away, they're all, they are out there. Yeah. You know, like mm. it just so happens my crew of people are not all women. It's mostly gay men, and that's just who I like. Because we're fun. Yeah, that's Which is too, what we but, have in common with yeah, each other. Because, we, you know, and I, <laughs> oh, it's true. But um, <laughs> it's because you know, like I was being part of a marginalized group mm. who had to overcome so much adversity, right? Mm. And I I will never say my experience is more than or less than, mm. but that feeling is the same. Mm. That feeling of not belonging, not being a part of, you mm. know, what, what we spoke about in the beginning. Mm. Mm. So, you know, sometimes even the literature that's out there, it could be very like geared towards like the, the language will be men and women. But right. you know what? <clears throat> Try to push that aside right. and listen to the message. Yeah. Right. What right. is the message? These are the ways that these people mm. got sober. These are mm. the methods that these people found help mm. and connection. Yeah. And so I try to really hone in on that. So I would say like, you know, finding the right group, f- building connection, saying hi, introducing mm. yourself. Those are not easy things. Don't get yeah. me wrong. It's very hard. Um, but if you even, you know, like sometimes, um, if you can find a friend that can go with you, you know, that's really it. And, and just knowing that just, you know, like once you get sober, it doesn't mean that life is over. Right. There are so many, you know, famous people would, that are sober. Would you say that mm. your life mm. truly started once you hit sobriety? Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. So your life didn't get boring, it got better. No, mm. I mean, listen, the only thing that I will say that kind of got a little like uncomfortable, it was a big challenge for me, was dating in sobriety. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. okay. Oh, that was a big one. Yeah. Yeah. We can um, part two with you. You're going to come back part two. Don't get scared away. I'm like, no Right, right. But you know, it it, it didn't it it mm. started for me because for the first time in my life I was present and I was awake. Yeah. I was not a passing ship in my own life. Like I am able to listen, it's like the best thing and the worst thing. You feel all your feelings. But like mm. I know when I'm feeling sad, but I can identify it. And sometimes it sucks. Like I am that girl that will listen to that one sad song on loop, like, and I'm <laughs> crying, and my girls are like, "You need to stop." Do you no like, more Adele. And I'm like, no, I was just gonna say, no, "Have you heard girl, the new Adele?" Like, <laughs> I can't. But and then that's what. I, but the thing is, like, but the highs are that high. Like, here's the thing: you can't experience a high in life. And when I say high, mm. like the joys in life, if you don't experience the lows. Absolutely. And that was a message mm. that I really had to understand because you think once you're sober, everything is great and everything mm. is. No, life is always the same. Life is fucking hard. It's not easy, but I'm given tools. I have people that I can rely on. I have people that are reliable, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have connections that I normally would have never had. And so, you know what? Like, it's not easy. It's, and listen, if you relapse, like there's always a phrase, it's like you just keep coming back. You don't stop. You keep trying and trying. And then, you know, chances are nobody that I know that has gotten sober goes, you know what? Like I regret it. <laughs> no one that I know that has gotten sober goes, my life was so much better back then. No. They like, listen, you won't hear life is amazing all the time. Like there are bad days and then there's great days, but there aren't like, I want to die days, yeah. you know, mm. like, and, and for mm. me, you know, mm. and, yes. um, <laughs> so true. and so mm. I really mm. just, you know, like ask yourself, like, when you think it becomes so imaginable and all you want to do is just like when when your options are either like this life or die like it's you know yeah. and that and so that got kind of got dark no, but it's but like that's it's reality really, it's A reality and so try it out mm, you it know is. what and you can challenge yourself yeah. 30 days a week 
two weeks and you know it's it's just one day every yeah. time like and right. you know and like it's well one said. day at a time Completely. and you take it easy living you know and like you find, living in the present mm-hmm. you find refuge in your own strength mm-hmm. by breaking the loop that you know if you can identify it and it takes some people a different you know different strokes for different folks to identify what's going on but and then it's almost been four months I found it, days are fucking awful. I literally yep. leave work and I'm like, you know what? I, the old me would fucking get drunk right now. But that was a shitty day. I, I'm kind of really impressed by myself by the fact that I'm not headed to the bar. Yeah. That I'm going to go to the gym. That I'm going to go and see my best friends, see my friends, mm-hmm. and not be so, you know, covenant and not, and be more transparent about. Mm-hmm my emotions because before i was embarrassed like oh i'm depressed Mm -hmm. i'm having anxiety this now i you probably can't shut me the fuck up honestly (laughs) it's it's better for me and i find that going to what you said the alone moment it was very it was very hard Mm -hmm. to raise my hand during the first meeting Mm -hmm. i did not know what i was doing when i raised my hand yeah i just knew at the moment if I'm really committed to this, if mm-hmm. I really, really want to do this, here's my opportunity to put myself out there and, 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 and stand for something. And it was in the moment of it, if we have any newcomers. And I remember it was like one, two, it was like six people. I was like, fuck, girl, they're going to stop at some point. So finally they were like, is it day one? And I raised my hand mm-hmm. and it was hard. Mm-hmm. It was hard because it was positive. And I didn't expect it. Mm. The people were so nice and so yeah. embracing mm-hmm. that it was not what I expected at all. So at, at the end, I went to run out, and I was like, "This sucks weird. You about to run out of the room?" Mm. And people are like, "Wait, what's, like, your Wait what's your number? What's your number?" And like, like, "I don't have a number." <laughs> 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 but you know what? Different strokes, different folks. There's a mm-hmm. lot of different programs. Absolutely. Plus, can I just cut you off? I'm so proud of you. Mm-hmm. And Christina, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank and you so much. I think it's very courageous that you can come to terms with the darkest parts of yourself and realize that that's not who you are and through and connect through disconnecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, not, it's not who you are. It's not just... just you look in the mirror like this is not what I want. This is mm. absolutely not what I had planned for myself at this given time in my life. So it was like, oh, you gotta... You gotta it's the alcohol, bitch. You oh, absolutely. You literally battle with depression, mm. suicidal thoughts. Mm, mm, mm. It's probably the alcohol, and then once mm. that went away, mm. then I was able to head on things that I were putting off because the alcohol was in the way. I it sucked so much of my time. I never woke up in the morning from a hangover. I was like, let me call a therapist right. because I'm from a hangover. I'm like, let me get something to eat, eat right. and <laughs> sit here in guilt from whatever the fuck I did last night because I won't remember. And piecing that night together <laughs> of like... Well, I got mm-hmm. a picture here. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I was there. But things change. Mm-hmm. Um, we're coming to the closing hour of the show. Once again, thank you so much for your story. Thank and you so much it. for having me. You mentioned... Can, can I ask one last question? Yeah, go we for it. What would you say to someone who might not be who may not be an addict but someone that loves someone and is trying to support someone mm. who is an addict and oh. this person that they love might not really accept the responsibility and accountability in saying they are what would be your advice oh that's hard um I mean, you feel free not to answer that no 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 it's hard you. because 
a lot of it has to be self-actualization, mm. right? If they are not willing to admit it, that they even have a problem, you know, from what I've learned from the literature that I've read is like, there's nothing that you can do to convince them. The only thing is, you know, like a lot of people say they I got sober for this person or for that person and it never usually always sticks. It's only when they go, I realize that I have a problem. Mm -hmm. I have an addiction. My addiction is a disease. You know, it's like when you say like, if someone else has cancer but they refuse to go to chemo, there's not much you can say to like convince them, right? So I guess my question more is in line with how can that person cope with the person they love not being aware of it? I mean... Their support groups. I would say that I would say definitely like I'm a big believer of outside help. I'm a big believer of like therapist and therapy. I do believe that like if you, you know, I don't want to use the word like intervention, but I would say like vocalizing your thoughts. Sometimes it releases the power, right? A lot of the times when we come from a place of like turmoil or like anxiety or it really comes from a place of fear, right? Like, why are you feeling this? I'm fearful that I might lose this person. And so I think the best would be to like express that, sit them down and say like, I mean this with the utmost amount of love, but this is like what I'm seeing and this is what I need you to know. What they choose to do with that afterwards yeah. is on them because there's nothing that you can do to force someone to do anything. Right. But I think vocalizing it, so for your, for you know, like if the person who's like confronting them for their sanity, it's like, you know that emotionally you've expressed everything that you can and you've said everything that you can. So it, not to give you like a con, like a clear conscience, but it's really like there's nothing left unsaid on your end. Right. Like, so I think, um, I think it's really just communicating that, you know, sometimes writing a letter really helps sometimes like, but I think vocalizing and not holding it in, you know, sometimes like we are only as sick as our secrets and we give mm. we give power to so much that we hold in. And sometimes it's just like saying it out loud or like going to a support group or, you know, going to a therapist and saying, hey, this is what I'm struggling with and I need to get it out. And then I think it tr- it will in some ways, at least for me, it's lessened the pain or it's lessened the burden that I've had to carry. Because I think as like compassionate creatures, sometimes you want to take it on for everybody and you want to like be the fixer for everybody. Mm. And that's a hard one for me because I want to fix everyone's problems. Mm. And it's like, girl, you can't even get your own life together sometimes. (laughs) Like I am in no condition (laughs) to fix your life because I am not qualified. Mm. Um, But I think definitely vocalizing it, definitely like sitting that person down, and even if they don't hear you, they will like, you know, like sometimes they'll listen, but they might not hear you. Um, but it's out there. It's yeah. you know, will stick. Yeah. 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 You, you know, know. thank uh-huh. you for thank you for saying. No, that. of course. And your story and everything. Of course. I am. Listen, like I, I just wish that I had that opportunity or like if I was, you know, in the beginning when I was trying to get sober, if I had had platforms or like had you know, like had information out there that was really like educational to me. Yeah. Or even if I heard like and saw someone normal, like in my mind, I always think again, boring or like yeah. drunk, right? Like, yeah. but like when you see like normal people or like celebrities out there and yeah. they like actually take a stance like publicly or take a platform and say, hey, this is the life I'm pursuing. You go, oh, I can do that. I can do this. And yeah, I can do that. Fun. Exactly. Like, you know, we, it's, it's not like you don't have to do it alone. There's so much love and support out there. And, you know, all you have to do, the hardest part is just to reach out. The it hardest part is to raise your hand. The hardest, part, the is hardest part is to say, like, hey, I have this problem. Yeah. And I need help. 
You yeah. know, and you maybe know? someone listening to this is them reaching out. Right. And if you are listening and you do hear that, I hope you understand you are not alone. You are not alone and you are so fucking loved. Um, and important and you are worth it your life is absolutely worth it you know absolutely we're going to wrap up now you've been very candid about different programs is there any organization that you would definitely encourage people to look into or even if they aren't looking for you know sobriety to donate and help those who are Mm. trying to Um, you know I I the ones that I do are, I think I previously mentioned would definitely be like Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous. Um, if you go onto intergroup, it's like a main website where mm. they provide a lot of different programs. Um, mm. I, I just, for me, it's been my experience, like any type of 12 step program has been really, really helpful, but there are ones that are like more holistic and too. So I just really would look up like recovery, sobriety, sobriety groups. Yeah. Um, mm. and I think mm. that, um, your fit you know, is out there. Yeah. Mm. It, yes. Absolutely. And there's also, pro, and I know I've heard it from a lot of people, different people, you know, oh, you know, this program, it, it focuses too much on religion and things right. of that nature. Mm. Please know that there's also programs that don't use religion at mm. all. Yep. Mm. Yep. That don't focus on any of that. So mm. do, do your research when you have the time. And once you're ready, reach out. But one of the first things I did is for a year, I field. And it sounds weird. I feel that people that were sober, mm-hmm. but that were out at the gig, at mm-hmm. the party, at the Kiki. I went to for Pride this year. I went to Washington D.C. with one of my sober acquaintances, and I was drunk. And I was like, I think I want to go to AA. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then I, and I told him, I, was like, I don't think that I can go if I don't stop drinking before. And he was like, No, there's things called open. Um, uh, alcohol is not there's different programs where you don't yes. have to mm. be just don't show up mm. drunk of course yeah. <laughs> um, please oh my and gosh. it's still you know it's a first it's all about first steps mm. yes we like to end our podcast on high notes here okay okay <laughs> so we we have a little <laughs> no game. pun intended, no pun intended. <laughs> god damn it <laughs> oh god i made it almost through um, okay. Yes, that <laughs> very much that um, buzzword. We play Mary Fuck Chill. Ooh. Okay. And this is going to be brought to you by Ricky Roma. Take it away. All right. So the category is sober celebrities. Okay. Oof. I've included a cis man, a woman of color, and a non-binary person just to. Just check all the boxes. Perfect. Love it. Also, I don't know how true this is. I looked up sober celebrities, and I'm just going to say their names now. Okay. Brad Pitt. Okay. Jada Pinkett Smith. Okay. And Demetria Lovaticus, aka Demi Lovato. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Mary fuck chill, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Fuck Jada for sure. Okay. She's chill. Like a freak. Oh, definitely. Woo, you know do, do, the do, thing. The moan, do the moan. Do the moan. Do the moan. Oh shit! Wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. And then, okay. We'll so, do a sultry. Oh, wait, nope, that's not it. Right. Wait, here it is. <laughs> that is not it but we're gonna keep <laughs> moving on that is that not it that was so hot so hot <laughs> okay so it was fuck Jada yeah okay. uh, chill with Demi okay and marry Brad Pitt we oh, love that money honey yes okay. we do he's like a uh, older version of Leonardo DiCaprio don't tell anyone I said that damn <laughs> oops um, that was fun you have been uh, once again one of our best <laughs> what is going on for you <laughs> one of our best guests we appreciate any story that comes on, on our podcast but opening up and 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 saying before the, the interview i am an open book 
that open book i really hope people read and mm. and and apply this to, to where it applies for them and honestly with sobriety it's all about getting happy and, and getting to your better place it doesn't have to be alcohol or drugs if anything in your life you want to do and you see yourself do it Mm-hmm. Take the first steps. Do it. Quit, yep. your, quit your fucking job. I saw that on the, on the internet. Quit your fucking job. That's all you. Quit your Have some job. savings before you do that. Yes. I saw the OnlyFans. Who cares? Move out of your hometown. <laughs> Just get out. Just do it. Madison <laughs> has our closing remarks. Thank you for being so inspiring. Mm -hmm. Not just here, but at work and outside of work Mm. and being a shoulder. Someone I know that if I were to call, you'd answer. And not just on my behalf, but on all the people that you are there for. And even the people listening that you don't even know that you're being there for. Mm. And thank you for being here, both in this space and just in general. And Glass, I'm proud of you too. Thank you for being here. I'm glad you were able to do your first steps and uh, I wish you guys the very best. Thank you. We're going to get it too. Thank you. (laughs) It has been an absolute pleasure to do another podcast and Mm -hmm. open up a bigger conversation that needs to be had. If you have Mm -hmm. sober friends, Mm -hmm. check in on them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Make sure you create safe safe spaces for them to be a part of the fun and the kiki. Mm -hmm. We are not boring, Mm -hmm. bitch. Mm -mm. We have a really good time. Actually, we have money, too. That's what I forgot. I I have money now. (laughs) Boom. Just kidding. You've been listening to Queer Late Night, a podcast that's meant for people from the queer community and also our allies to come in and share their insightful journey, whether it be professional or personal. This is a personal conversation, but it's a big conversation because mm. more people are looking for ways to, to be their best them. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed this podcast, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please like, subscribe. Christina, where can they find you? Mm. Uh, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, my handle is at CXO827. Yes. And she's looking for sugar daddy. Don't forget that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> slide into my DMs, guys. <laughs> and, and might slide back. Uh, Ricky Roman, where can they find you? At Ricky Roman 91 across many platforms. Go and see what's there. And, <laughs> and before we end the show, Madison. Yes. Madison, once again, big thank you. Madison thought of this podcast. And also Madison also helped produce mm. this podcast because she thank asked you, you on as a guest. And mm-hmm. I was super thrilled because... It's a, it's a great opportunity to talk about sober. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Madison, Absolutely. thank you so much. Thank Madison, you, where can we find you? Uh, the, you? Actually, you can find both me and Christina working at the Q. Um, <laughs> some days a week. Uh, just depends. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. Mine is at I-M-M-A-D-I-S-O-N Black. I'm Madison Black. And yeah, you'll hopefully see you soon. And as... And as always, you can find me and the official Queer Late Night page at Colors, E-L-L dot M-C-C-U-L-L-A-R-S. It's our official page. We have another page, but this is our official page. If you like this episode, you have questions, you want to like chime in, um, you have ideas you want to hear, let me know. Sign to my DMs. <laughs> I'm not always good at getting back to them, but I try. You've been listening to Queer Late Night. Thank you so much, Christina. Thank you, Madison. And thank you, Ricky Roman. Mm. To everyone out there, it's nighttime, supposedly. Good night. Good night. Bye. Bye.